Welcome to Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis. I am your host, Robin Alexis. And as a mother who birthed two sets of twins and then buried one from each set, I am very familiar with the shock of experiencing loss. Loss can present itself in many ways. It can be the loss of a baby, person, beloved pet, health, career, and more. But we all have to learn how to deal with loss. So how do each of us in our own unique ways cope with loss? This show is an opportunity for our guests to share with us the experience of what they lost and how they coped through it. If you would like to be a guest on Sharing Love and Loss, please email me, your host, Robin Alexis, at spiritladyrobin at gmail.com. That's spiritladyrobin at gmail.com. And to feel more safe contacting me about your personal story of love and loss, please learn more about me, your host, Robin Alexis. Visit my website, robinalexis.com. On today's show, we'll be speaking with Danielle Sunberg, and she will share with us her experience of loving and losing a pregnancy. We'll be right back. Do you crave freedom with joy in your life? Have you ever wished for a life of ease in your mind, body, and soul? Giving and receiving love, Joy Air is a certified emotion code and body code practitioner, and she's accepting new clients now. Call her at 360-582-6595 to find out more about her work and to schedule your appointment. Experience freedom with joy. Call her at 360-582-6595 now. She is amazing. Welcome back to Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis. I am your host, and today we have a very, very special guest, a very deep bow to this guest who is here today. She's very courageous. She is a mom who has loved and lost a child. A very deep bow to you, Danielle. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you, Robin. I'm really excited to be here. Now, what... What, where would you like to begin with your story? Oh my gosh. Well, I think that the actual um, moment that I knew I was pregnant is a good point to start because everything unfolds from there. And when was that moment? I mean, some people know right at conception. When did you become aware? I think I knew within four days of my cycle of not getting my, my monthly cycle. And were you excited about that or were you shocked? I was thrilled. It was complex though, (laughs) because I was coming off the heels of having done genetic testing with my husband and finding out that we were both carriers of a particular um, disorder And my doctor said, you know, maybe don't try, stop trying until you meet with more specialists and sort of see what your options are. And we didn't really have a moment to stop and think about what to do because I found out I was pregnant pretty much right away. My goodness. So what was the, I mean, you were thrilled you were pregnant, but here you already know there could be a problem. So how did you move forward? So what's funny is, 
I sort of had to hand it to the universe because we Mm -hmm. were on a plane to um, Portugal to live for about a month and um, in Morocco as well. We were kind of traveling around doing a digital nomad thing. We didn't have a home base. So because we were headed to Europe and then to Morocco, places where, you know, I couldn't actually um, validate even that I was pregnant in Morocco, they didn't have access for me to a pregnancy um, test. So I was sort of sitting in a place of the unknown and just checking in with my internal system that said, yes, you're pregnant. Yes, you're pregnant. But, (laughs) you know, nothing externally to to validate it. And I had to sit there for about uh, two or three weeks. And then after I was able to validate that I was pregnant, we called uh, some doctors back in the US and made some appointments for when we would come back a few weeks later and then start the ball rolling to do genetic testing on the fetus. Mm -hmm. And what is that procedure like for people who've never had that opportunity to have genetic testing on a fetus, what is it like? Um, That's a great question because what a mystery that really you are walking completely into the dark. And it's not like where, you know, for us, you just like take a little blood off your finger or something and it's easy and we kind of know how that goes. But to get into the fetus, it's like you have to go past all of this skin and muscle and tissue and organs through the placenta. And it's, it's a tremendous needle. I'll say it's a tremendous needle. And I'm someone who is um, irrationally scared of needles. And I did IVF for my later pregnancies after this experience. And so I have dealt with needles a lot since then. Um, It's sort of Uh, a reckoning, I think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Back it up a little bit for people who don't know what IVF stands for. Can you tell them that too? Sure, sure. IVF is in vitro fertilization. So it's a way of um, putting the egg and sperm together to then um, uh, implant the embryo back into the body later. And it's done for a lot of different reasons um, for people who have problems or challenges getting pregnant, um, for people like me who had genetic issues that they wanted testing on the embryo first prior to implantation to ensure a healthy pregnancy. So that's what in vitro fertilization is. Going back to your original question about Mm -hmm. what it's like to get a genetic test done on the fetus, it's, um, well, there's multiple types of tests. So I'll just say that I'm speaking about a specific one that is done at 12 or 13 weeks. So it's the earliest that it's possible to do with this test. Um, and you basically have a giant needle and it's just um, stuck through the uh, abdomen into the placenta. And I'll say that I um, pulled all of my meditation and focus and discipline to breathe and stay calm and not freak out. And it really didn't hurt once I was able to get into that space. So if you are someone who is really scared of needles, um, I promise if I did it, you could do it. And how, in during this time, here you are trying to bond with your pregnancy and the baby in the womb. Were you like talking to the baby and saying, look, we're doing these things to make sure you're going to be okay? Or did this whole process interfere with you connecting to the, to the baby? It was uh, kind of 
a compartmentalized journey. And my relationship with her, the baby was a girl, um, Mm -hmm. had really no, um, we really wasn't impacted actually by, Mm -hmm. by that part of the experience. That's excellent. So you were able to maintain that, that mother daughter frequency of communication and endure certain things that needed to happen to look out for the safety of both of you. Right. Like if you have a living child and and they're sick and you have to take them to the doctor, like that's not going to impact how much you love them. Exactly. That's a great, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it for people who might be trying to wrap their heads around this. So, so what was the result of the testing? So the testing came back that the baby had inherited this disorder that both my husband and I carry. And there's a 25% chance, essentially is the way the math works, that any pregnancy that I had would result in the baby having uh, this disorder. And so, you know, the chances were that she wouldn't have it, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately she did. Um, She had what's called PKU, um, which is an amino acid um, processing disorder. So ultimately, how would that have affected her? Would she have survived even being birthed? Yes, she would. She and people are born with PKU and live to adulthood with PKU. It's not um, like fatal from from the get go at all. Mm-hmm. What it happens is if it's not very very closely monitored, um, it can result in some really extreme issues mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. um, physically as well. Um, usually not physically, but it can. And I say this really sensitively because I know there are people living with PKU out there who Mm -hmm. are loving their lives and probably dealing with challenges along the way. And I am so grateful that there is a whole spectrum of different humans living on this planet. Um, I just have to bring the experience back to the intimate relationship that me, my husband and my baby had together and the decision that we came together to terminate due to that diagnosis, um, I hold very closely to just my family's decision. Well, I love how you just expressed that because you very nicely said what you and your husband do for the welfare of your family isn't anybody else's business. And you don't feel that what other people have chosen to do is your business. So that you just expressed an incredible amount of respect. So let's go back to you know, here you have this information and how is it that you were able to come to your very personal choice to terminate this pregnancy? Was it something that you did in prayer or with your husband or your doctor, a team of doctors? How did that come about, the decision itself? Well, I'll say, first of all, I my original career, I was an attorney. So my whole background is in thinking as logically and rationally and calculate it as possible. And at arm's length, when thinking about, you know, in hypothetical situations, what I would do if dot, 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 um, a pregnancy were to be unwise for one reason or another, it was very easy for me to come to the conclusion that a termination was on the table. Then when it actually 
happened to me and I'm sitting there with the reality of it growing in my lap, that whole rational logic thing goes completely out the window. When and, I th this yeah. is a good time to, to take a moment and uh, show some respect to our sponsors and we'll be right back. I am Joy Ayer, and I am so happy to be sponsoring Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis. I am also a producer of the upcoming film Eye of the Orca with Tower 15 Productions. Award-winning filmmaker Callie Gilbert invited me to join her, and now I am inviting you to join us too. Visit tower15productions.com forward slash Eye of the Orca to learn more. Join Mystic Radio for past lives, people, and pets every Wednesday at 12 noon on KKNW 1150 AM. Every Wednesday, you can call into Mystic Radio for a past life reading or a spiritual healing for you and your pets. Robert Alexis is an exceptionally talented intuitive who's identified hundreds of people's past lives. Nels Rasmussen is a renowned spiritual energy balancer who is adept at remote healing for you and your pets. Join us Wednesdays at 12 noon for Mystic Radio on KKNW, 1150 AM. Welcome back, uh, Danielle. I'm so grateful that you're sharing this intimate story because I really do feel that so many uh, mothers and fathers suffer in silence and no, there's nobody talking about this. And by you sharing this, it's going to help people feel more safe uh, with their own choices and perhaps even help them make decisions down the road that they need to make. So uh, why don't you reiterate again what you were saying just before we went to break? Sure. I was just saying that um, in my training professionally as an attorney, uh, like very logic oriented, rational, reasonable. And so the notion of a termination being a wise decision and making sense was easy to come to in terms of a future hypothetical. But once it was a reality that was sitting with me physically growing in my lap, that whole logic thing just went completely out the window and I really got in touch with uh, like this depth of the motherhood journey and what it really means to be pregnant and expand into a space of motherhood that cannot be intellectually explained. And that journey is so deep and personal and emotional. And um, so ultimately, I did make the decision to terminate still, but it wasn't this simple A to B that I thought it would be before it was a real situation I had to deal with. And I think that's very important too, that you're sharing this depth of, of emotion and, and visceral vibration in your body as you're discerning what's best for yourself and your child and your husband and your future family. So once you made the decision as uncomfortable as clearly it was, uh, how long did you have to wait to get the procedure done? And in what state did you have it done? And is it still legal in the state that you're from to have these sorts of things when you're come to the place where you feel you need to make them? Mm. So I was in California when I got the news about the baby inheriting the genetic disorder. I 
called my doctor because I lived at the time in Texas. And I said, what should I do? Now, at the time in Texas, it was completely legal to get uh, this termination. And I was at 16 weeks. So uh, I wasn't actually sure. And I called my doctor first to double check that it was legal. And then I asked her whether I should stay in California because the process in Texas was very burdensome at 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, They required a lot from the, the mother to come in multiple times and you know, to make sure that was really the choice. And there's like a whole regulated um, procedure of what the doctor has to say to each patient uh, as opposed to push them off having an abortion. Um, And my doctor basically said, it's okay, come home, you can do it. It'll be better for you physically to recover if you're already home than having to fly back. So that's what I did. And I went to this clinic uh, in Austin where I live and I had to go three times and wait a certain amount of time between each appointment. And then finally on the third appointment is when the abortion took place. That must have been excruciating for you. Yeah, it's it's just a very strange experience to know that something that's living in you is uh, not going to be very soon. And so the urgency to close that gap of dissonance is, is a fire. It's, and so to have to go three times and wait and wait, it, it really is, um, hard. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) My gosh, I can hear it in your voice and I have deep, deep, deep compassion for you. And I just, again, bow deeply to you for sharing this because it's just an excruciating time in your life. So um, once you went through the procedure, were how were you able to experience the, the grief? So the baby I called Om, which is you know the reverberating sound of the universe, the creation oh, of the universe. I'm so glad to hear that you named her. You named her Om. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yep. That's the way he had been calling her because she was the, you know, creation of the universe in my body. And Mm -hmm. um, we had formed this really deep connection over the 16 weeks that we were together. And I knew when my husband and I made the choice to terminate that it wasn't just our choice. It was her choice, too. That's so important that you're saying that. How did you feel into that and know that you as a family were making these decisions? So we were sitting in these Adirondack chairs uh, overlooking the Ojai Mountains in California, just sort of uh, kind of in the uh, stunned space of dealing with the reality when we got the news. And we're just sitting there looking at nature and... um, asking, you know, what do you, what do you think we're going to do? Are you sure? That kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And once we got to a place of verbally committing, I felt her leave and <sighs> the spirit of her or soul or essence left my body. And even though obviously she's still in there physically bones and teeth and blood, I felt alone. And I, because, yeah. No, no, you go ahead. 
um, because I had formed such an intimate connection with this um, beautiful soul that was living within my own physical space, it was as obvious as, um, you know, I don't know, um, what could be more obvious than like something physical, like somebody slapping you across the face, like it's obvious when that happens and she left. And I said to my husband, she's gone. And, and I started crying. And what was really beautiful actually was because he never experienced her within him as a man and a father. So his whole experience of her up to that point had been external. She was floating around him ethereally. And so he was able to check in and say, she's not gone. She's still here. I feel her. Um, and she knows that the time is right for her to leave and she's, you know, agreed. And it's really my duty as the mother to take mm -hmm. care of the physical remains of that agreement, which is to take care of the body. So after the abortion, to go back to your question, um, my relationship with her didn't change. Like she's still there. I just had to go through a process of reorienting how I looked for her. Mm -hmm. So rather than looking for her soul in the body, in the womb, you feel her soul with you all the time. Yes. She's and here. You, absolutely. Right now. Yeah. I can feel her right mm -hmm. now also actually. So um, Danielle, do you feel like Ohm had a particular soul purpose an earthly mission and that she fulfilled it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's true for everyone. And so I don't know what hers was, but I know that we don't leave until our mission is fulfilled. And she absolutely had one in relationship with me as a daughter, um, as my first daughter that helped me resolve some huge mother-daughter dynamics and karma that had been going on in my family lineage too. Well, then maybe that's what this was about, that you and she teamed up to clear some energy that needed to be cleared so that as you move forward with the children that you now have, it's in a, it's in a different vibration. Mm. So yeah. I, again, Danielle, thank you so much for sharing this. And, and Om, thank you too for your presence. And as we come to the end of the show, I'd like you to speak just to a moment about Roe versus Wade and how a woman who would want to make that decision in today's world, she doesn't have that right in many, many states. And also, what are you doing other than raising uh, your family? Is there something else you're doing to honor this journey that you've been on with Ohm? Mm. Um, so I believe that having to sit at that crossroads and say, what am I going to do is so important because it requires us to then own the decision that we make. Mm -hmm. And that is hugely transformative. Um, I know for me it was because it changed the way I understood life and it birthed a really deep empathy for people who uh, have a different belief from me about when life begins. Mm -hmm. And so to take away choice, to me, isn't even necessarily about the choice itself. It's about 
ownership over your life and that self-sovereignty and and there's just such a different energy if choices in life are made for you and you have to go along a certain path because that's what the outside world tells you to do versus really sitting with your life and and claiming your experiences this is mine and this is what I'm going to do about it brilliantly put now, how can people get a hold of you if they'd like to connect with you again, Danielle? Well, you can find me on my website, which is my name, Danielle Sunberg, S-U-N, like the sun, B as in boy, E-R-G.com. And um, I have a whole chapter to a book that's coming out in December on this journey of motherhood that you can become part of my newsletter and I'll update you on when that's going to be ready for release and some bonus things that'll come out with that. And also, um, literally just yesterday, I started uh, posting poetry that I've been writing as I sit in the dark in a rocking chair holding my newborn. Mm-hmm. And just like claiming the time as time to do something creative and enjoy myself with this little precious being instead of just sitting there in the dark kind of waiting for him to fall asleep. Um, So I started one-handedly typing poetry and it doesn't, you know, I'm not a poet by any means, but I started posting it um, on social media and I invite all all new moms who are going through this tender experience of motherhood to uh, claim those little moments of time where they can sit into stillness and creativity and post it to uh, social media to just share and with the hashtag rocking chair poems. Oh, this is so beautiful. Danielle, thank you so much. Again, I bow deeply to you. And may you touch the hearts and minds of many mothers, fathers, children, families for generations to come. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Namaste. Thank you so much, Robin. It is a pleasure to chat with you. And namaste. This is Robin Alexis, and I am very, very excited to share with you my new book, Raising Humanity, Why We All Must Remember. It's a book about choosing love. There's 21 inspiring stories by different authors, including myself. The book can be found at Amazon.com. That's Raising Humanity, Why We All Must Remember. The previous program, Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis, was produced by Eric Ryder and was brought to you by Freedom with Joy. I do invite you to subscribe to Sharing Love and Loss with Robin Alexis wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.